The following is a Thunderbolt West Media production. Coping with coming into contact with people who are shedding COVID from the vaccines and more. You are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show with Jim Calhoun. The storm was coming, the sky was on fire, fear was in their eyes. It's my opinion that we should be prepared to lean on our faith and be able to step out on the sea. Thanks for tuning in to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. This show features off-grid topics such as creating your own power, gardening, homesteading, and other issues related to off-grid living. I also seek to educate my listeners about survival and prepping, and I'll talk about anything from government corruption to chemtrails. Also, I feel that our constitutional republic is worth saving. So I never miss an opportunity to do my part in helping to save our republic. I have two main goals for this show. Number one, to help you build your faith in God. And number two, to help each listener become as self-sufficient as possible. This show comes to you from the Harmony Barn Studios, located near Hershey, Nebraska, in the United States of America. The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show is aired on KYAH, AM 540 in Delta, Utah, Utah's Talk Authority. Also, the show can be heard on 89.3 FM, Key Radio in Osage Beach, Missouri. And on shortwave, tune in to frequency 7.490 WBCQ, Monticello, Maine. This show is also available on demand as a podcast on Anchor, Spreaker, Podpoint, and Podpage. And be sure to visit the website at offgridliving.faith. And I really do appreciate you joining me today. Good to have you aboard for another edition of the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. I've had a really tough week. You probably can hear it in my voice, and hopefully it's not going to affect the show. But I've either came down with one of the nastiest flu bugs that I've caught in over a decade, or... I came in contact with some people that had recently got the booster shots and they shedded their spike proteins on me and I caught and I caught a bit of the COVID. And I've had COVID twice and no, I haven't been to the doctor either time and I didn't go to the doctor this time. And I'm going to talk about that at the front of the show. First of all, you might be thinking, well, why don't you go to the doctor if you're sick? Normally, I would. But 2020 changed everything. I had friends that got sick that went to the doctor that didn't come out alive from the hospital. Most people can say they've had family members or friends that were put on ventilators, were not treated for actually what was wrong with them, 
And then when they died, they covered up their death by saying they didn't know the cause of death or it was just sudden death syndrome or they'd make something up. Or the people that got killed in car accidents and so forth that were labeled COVID deaths just so the doctors could pocket more money. And since 2020, I have not been to the doctor, and I don't plan on going back. I'm about a year past a physical that I should have had. But the medical profession has let me down personally, and it's let down humanity as a whole worldwide. And so a lot of us out here with trust issues don't know what to do. And so I'm going to tackle that during the first part of the show and talk about what happened to me and what's continuing to happen and the few things that I did right and a couple of things I did wrong. And maybe you can learn from my experience of what to do or what not to do. You can be the judge of that. But I do know that each time I've caught COVID, I had a sickness that I'd never had before. And I looked at all the symptoms of COVID, and I could check every box. And just the nastiness of this spike protein and how debilitating it is and how draining it is and the ringing in the ears, the migraine headaches, the just the whole nine yards. I can always tell when I have a cold or bronchitis or a flu, but when I get this, what I just caught, it's an ugly combination of migraine headaches, flu, head cold, allergies, bronchitis, pneumonia, and food poisoning all at once. And that's what I get when I get around people that are freshly vaccinated. But I've really done my best to stay away from everybody, to be honest with you, because that really hits me hard. And I'm a one-man show, not only on the radio, but on the ranch. I have too many animals that depend on me. I just can't be sick. And when I am sick, the ones that cannot suffer are my animals. And so I don't know how I've been able to do it, but I've been able to care for my animals pretty well like I normally do. But for four days, I could just get out of bed and go out and dump some feed and run some water and have to go right back to bed. And I'm the type that if I stay in bed, I let my brain start working on me. And I start feeling guilty for being quote-unquote lazy. When I know I'm not being lazy, I know it's uh, the recuperation that I'm trying to go through. But it seems like that if I hit someone that's freshly vaccinated within like four or five days or within the first week anyway, if I shake their hand or put my arm around them or get real close to them, touch them in any way, then I catch it. And the first time I caught it, I was harvesting hay. And I had some hay down that had to be put up because I was on someone else's field. It was not my own field. I was putting up hay for someone else. And one thing you do, if you're on someone else's property and you're handling their product and you're making a product for them with their field, you don't walk away from it. That's just bad business. And I know that I hung on to the steering wheel of the tractor and I could work for 15 minutes and then I'd have to go sit in the shade for about four hours. 
and then I'd go hang on the steering wheel of the tractor to keep from falling off the tractor and go another 15 minutes, and then go back to another four hours of rest. That's how bad this really knocks me. And my voice is pretty raspy. I've coughed. I thought I was going to cough both lungs out. I didn't do that. I coughed myself into such body aches that feel like Tyson Fury and Mike Tyson have been taking turns of seeing who could hit me the hardest with body shots. And it's not, it's, it hasn't been pretty. And you might say, well, why don't you go to the doctor? Well, first of all, the doctors and their protocols still are screwed up. Even after the true science is starting to get out there that these doctors are basically quacks, and what they did facilitated the death of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people worldwide. These doctors and their pride, they still won't back down from some of their COVID protocols. And nobody's going to stick a dang swab up my nose. No one's going to do that. Because it's me, it's my body, it's my health care. I self-quarantined. I haven't seen anybody for over a week, and I'm still going to stay self-quarantined. And I'm going to be very responsible, and I'm not going to pass this on to anybody else. And I am better. As a matter of fact, as I'm doing this show, I'm four days late doing this show of what I normally do. But I could not even sit at a microphone and make a show until right now. And I'm really backlogged. I've got three shows I have to do in the next two days. So we'll see how well that goes. But I'm going to get back to the whole COVID mess. It's not over, and they're going to hit us with more bioweapons, and it is a bioweapon. Make no mistake of that. It is a bioweapon. And when you're off-grid and you live by yourself and you depend on yourself for heating your house with wood and you do all of your own cooking and gardening and so forth, it's really hard to be in bed for a week. It really is. and. So everything here, as far as the extra things like watering the garden and picking the produce and gathering the eggs and the things that I do every day, some of it hasn't been done in a week. And now I got eggs just everywhere, which is all right, but I don't like to do business that way for myself. But I also had a choice, either go out and work a little harder and then stay down for another week or really concentrate on recovering, and I decided to concentrate on recovering. But where I really went wrong is that I'm a prepper, and I've been preparing for everything, but I did not prepare for catching this god-awful bioweapon again, and that's not smart on my part. So in all of my prepping I've talked about, I haven't talked anything about prepping for coming in contact with vaccinated people. Now, if you're a vaccinated person and I'm offending you, well, I'm really sorry, but vaccinated people really make me sick. They really do. Make me almost deathly ill. And so if I hurt your feelings, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm stating facts that there is such a process as shedding that is scientifically proven. And it's scientifically proven that it is happening. And people are dying. The ones that are getting the booster shots and all of the vaccines, quote-unquote vaccines, they're the ones who are in trouble and the ones that are dying. And people like me, we're not spreading any disease anywhere. 
Well, I did catch something from the shedding. But guess what? I self-quarantined. I do, I'm doing the right thing. I'm not being selfish at all. I wouldn't give this to my worst enemy. I would not want to spread one iota of this thing anywhere in the world. And so the people who are vaccinated that call the unvaxxed selfish need to re-examine who the selfish people are. Because you are taking a vaccine that's not even a vaccine into your body, an experimental concoction that can be shed on innocent people like myself. And so, no, I don't blame you because you were lied to and you did what you thought was right. And I will respect that. But I ask in return for the respect from the people that were duped to understand that some of us actually could see what was going on. I know that there are people who took the death jab that were forced to to keep their job, to feed their family. I get all of that. But it's time for the people, we the people, to come together, the vaxxed and the unvaxxed, and understand that this is a massive kill-off event. And the numbers that I'm seeing worldwide verify what I'm saying. The death rate among children, the death rate on every economic level, every age group, every gender, all 10,000 genders. I'm just joking. There's just two. Uh... There's all sorts of spikes in death worldwide. And you still have doctors that you still have doctors who are in denial. So they'd rather keep their medical license and facilitate the murder of people than they would to stand up and do the right thing. And so therefore when it came time for me to decide should I go to a doctor or not, of course I wasn't going to go to a doctor because Even though I did like my doctor the last time I went to see him, I do know that they were following the COVID protocols at that time. And so I don't trust my doctor. I don't trust the nurses in that office. I don't trust, I don't even trust the receptionist at this point. Now, is it going to make me live less? Am I going to die at a younger age because I don't go to a doctor? Well, statistically, yes. But I'm going to tell you something. Those quacks aren't going to get a hold of me and kill me, because if indeed I had COVID, which I'm convinced anyway, then what would have happened, me being by myself, and I'm the only relative that I have here in the state, and they decide to quarantine me, and they refuse to let me leave the doctor's office, and they admit me into a hospital, what happens to my animals? What happens to me? I'm not going to go through that. We have such a thing as patients' rights, and we have the First Amendment and all the amendments, Second Amendment and all of them. And all of our amendments are being trampled on. You see what the police are doing in the streets. They're stopping people and asking for ID for no reason. We have political prisoners languishing in rotten jail cells in Washington, D.C., We no longer live in the United States of America that's the land of the free and the home of the brave. And so there's no way that I am going to voluntarily put myself into that system. And me deciding that I have COVID and determining that through research doesn't make it so. I could very much be wrong. And so you might say, well, why are you telling everybody you have it? Well, 
because I'm a free man, and I've decided that I think it's in everyone's best interest to prep for the people who are vaccinated. And I wanted to give you some background of why I think that we need to prep for the people who have received the death jab. I think time is very short before the world disintegrates. Kind of like if you take a sugar cube and you put it into boiling water. You just kind of watch it just disintegrate right before your eyes. I feel that's what's going to happen worldwide with the economies and with the social structure and the political structure. And I think the medical system is going to take a very, very big hit. I think it's going to go down. Everything is now a numbers game. It's now for financial gain for corporations. It's all about insurance. It's all about control. It's not about that beautiful human being, that lovely person that needs help, that person that just needs a helping hand. It's not about that anymore. And I recognize that. And yeah, you can call me cynical, but I'm 100% correct on this. I've seen too many I've seen too many videos of people who have received the quote-unquote vaccine that are permanently injured. Some are crippled for life. A lot of them have had strokes. They can't walk anymore. They have seizures. It's, it's horrible. And still, the medical profession treats them like dirt. If they come out and post a video and says, I took the vaccine and this is what happens to me, you should see how those patients start to be treated by the medical profession. They hate them. They actually do. You have doctors and nurses hating their patients because their patients are blowing the whistle of because of what's happening to them in the hospitals. And that's criminal. And it's going to come home to roost. And I don't want to sit here and just spread fear and hatred among the medical profession. But I am going to tell you this. The medical profession has earned any hate that's coming their way. And they've earned people fearing going to see them. Because the philanthropists, the the Good Samaritans, the ones that are in it for helping people, I know they're there, but they're few and far between. And I'm not going to take a chance on getting a quack that only cares about the corporate dollar. I'm just not going to do it. Broadcasting from the United States of America, you are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. What did I do to get through this mess? Well, I decided really early on that what I had was serious, and so I took it serious. And so I unplugged as much as I could from everything, and I really listened to my body. And whatever my body told me to do, I did. And my body told me to stay down. I went for three days. And I was probably up during that entire three days combined. Probably no more than an hour in three days was I on my feet. And that's just because I had to feed and water the cows and the chickens and the dogs and the cats. And I had to look after the property. And so I would get up once a day and do a really quick job of feeding everybody and watering them. And I did an adequate job because all the animals are healthy and safe. 
And that's really all I cared about. But then I would go back to bed. And so I did everything I could. But what I did wrong is I didn't have any medicines here because I used up everything. I'd used up all my stores, and I didn't replenish. I've been so busy with other things that I didn't really realize that I was out of all of my vitamins, and I was out of vitamin C, and I was out of zinc, and the things that I should have been taking. And also, I didn't have a supply of water, a pitcher of water, a gallon of water up by the bed which I should have done that, because going down the stairs to get a drink of water, that was quite a chore. And lifting a gallon of water the last few days was pretty hard to do. And I decided I wasn't going to be on the stairs carrying anything at all, because one of the symptoms I had that I didn't mention was horrible dizziness. And I guess that's the real giveaway to me when I think I have COVID, is when I get so dizzy I can't hardly even walk. And I've never been that way in my entire life until I got this bioweapon attack. And so I think everyone needs to understand that if they live alone, they need to go ahead and make their bedroom, their primary bedroom, give it a little storage area, get your vitamin C and your zinc, get a couple of gallons of water, get a bedpan, Get everything to make your room into a hospital room and put it within reach, maybe on a nightstand or off to the side of the bed, out of the way, maybe towards the wall that's away from the door. But I really think that we need to outfit our houses up for the next bioweapon attack that I'm sure that's already happened. And it's going to happen again, because we live in an era of out of control. I'm going to call them mad scientists, because just like the cheesy drive-in movies out of the 1950s and 1960s, I think that these quacks have watched way too many of those and have decided that they want to create life, and they want to be like Dr. Frankenstein and all the other cheesy mad scientists that were in all those movies. They're no better than that. All they care about is accolades and and applause at their medical conventions and so forth. One thing that I do is I've collected through the years old medical books. And when I say old, I'm talking about the ones that still had homeopath type of remedies. Not the ones that you have to have prescribed medicine because those don't do you a whole lot of good. So anything pre-1910 will give you a good idea of how to set up a sick room and what kind of foods you should have on hand and how to deal with fevers. And I guess that's another symptom that I didn't mention. I had a high fever for four days. And so I think that we all need to understand that it's up to us to take care of us. And if you live with a whole family or other people, understand that if the whole family gets sick and goes down, then you're going to have to take turns taking care of each other. And so it's just as vital to be outfitted up to have enough medication for everyone. And that would include 
antihistamine, cough drops, cough syrup. Outfit yourself out for a very horrible flu season. Make sure you have several different kinds of pain relievers. I really like Goody's headache powder. I also have aspirin and ibuprofen, but I prefer the Goody's. Make sure you have probiotics that you can take to keep your intestinal health going. Make sure that you have vitamins and minerals. And try not to buy the -the over-the-counter store brands. Try to get the good, easy-to-digest in liquid or liquid capsule form. And really take care of yourself. And I had a very hard time cooking. And so, fortunately, I had a whole bunch of things in my freezer that I could just take and thaw and eat. And did it taste good? No, nothing tasted good because I didn't feel good enough to eat. But I went ahead and ate anyway. And I have only cooked one day this past week. I haven't felt good enough to even light the stove. And so, I'm back on the mend. Everything is going to be okay. But I'm going to ask everyone, please do your best to outfit your home to where you can have a sick room or multiple sick rooms this winter. Because if we have a world war and an economic meltdown and an energy crisis and a food crisis, what better time for them to unleash another bioweapon? And do I trust anybody at this point in power? The answer is no. I trust nobody that claims to have authority because under their watch, under their guidance, the world is such a mess. And so I think that it's really important for each one of us to understand that there's no reinforcements on the other side of the hill. And if there are any patient advocates out there, and I know there are a few, they're not very effective, and it's not because they're not trying. It's because they're censored and they're blocked, and they're deplatformed, and they have their financial like PayPal and their ability to use Visa and MasterCard either canceled or or hampered. And they're putting people on lists just like Soviet Russia of people that don't think right. And so we have the woke thought police that are running everywhere. I'm sure there's people that are going to hear this broadcast that are going to say that I'm spreading disinformation. I'm telling you personal experience what happened to me. That's all I'm telling. But I'm also saying that I think it's really important for each and every one of us to understand that it's up to us to prepare. And so while it's great to have your food and your fuel and your extra wood and everything you're going to need to survive what could be that cold, dark winter they've been talking about. But I think that I was not prepared for what I consider a sneak attack even though I did it to myself by mingling with people that I didn't know if they were vaccinated or not. I didn't ask anybody. And I don't like to intrude. It's none of my business asking anyone their medical condition or if they've been vaccinated or not. That's none of my business. But I do need to understand that I need to have more caution. And maybe I need to tell people that It's my policy you don't shake hands. It's my policy that I stay away and I just wave at you and say hi. You know, I don't don't like to do that because I'm a hands-on guy. 
but I can't afford to get shedded on anymore. And so I really appreciate you sticking with me this episode. And as I'm recording this, I'm editing out the hundreds of coughs that I have to do. So some of my words are going to sound a little odd this show. And the second half of the show, I'm going to get on to off-grid living topics. But I think that we need to be talking about survival and survival on a personal level. And I want all of my listeners to be happy and healthy. And I want them all to prosper. I would not be doing this radio show for any other reason other than to help people. And it's not about me or getting fame or recognition. I don't care anything about that. I see my fellow humans on this planet being abused. And I see it every day in my research. And I can't sit by and idly and watch it happen. I'm just not that kind of guy. There are people that put videos up of people that stumble and fall or they have a car wreck or I just watched a video of an old lady that obviously had dementia that pushed a shopping cart onto an escalator that was going down and the cart tumbled and she kept a hold of the handle. Just like if you put her into a big clothes dryer, how they tum- how everything tumbles. That cart went end over end with this old lady that did not let go. And she went down probably 40 feet of a metal escalator with this cart crushing her. And it, I don't know if she lived through it. And I read some of the comments, and the comments made me sick. The comments were all about hoping that the shopping cart was okay and how stupid the old lady was and how dumb old people are and uh, she happened to be white, so how dumb white people are and how dumb women are. And nobody said, oh my God, what happened to this poor woman? Not one person. And so our society has become a bunch of jackals. And so we sit back and watch people get hurt. And we use that for our entertainment. What does that make us as a society? To watch other people's downfall and other people's suffering and watch that as entertainment. That's sick. We have an absolute sick society. And I'm not going to stand by and be part of that sick society at all. And so that is the reason why I do these shows, is I just want to help, and I don't want anyone to be caught unaware and unprepared for the things that I see coming. And before I go to the second part of the show, I'll tell you what I see coming. I see that Iran is now ratcheting up and giving notice to Israel that they have 24 hours to vacate where they're occupying or they're going to face the armies of Iran. You have hostilities that are growing by the hour in North and South Korea. You have reports of Chinese military vessels and Russian military vessels off the coast of Alaska. 
you have the Crimea Bridge being blown up, which is an act of sabotage. You have the Nord Stream Pipeline that was blown up, sabotage. It seems like the whole world is like a big hornet's nest, and all of the political so-called leaders are shake and rattle the nest, and they're hitting it with sticks and throwing rocks at it, trying to get the hornets inside that nest all stirred up to where they do something rash. And it's just a matter of time before some idiot does something stupid or someone is paid to do something stupid. Because let's not forget, we live in a world that's absolutely insane right now. And I'm sure that you could offer somebody 15 minutes of fame on the news if they go do something really stupid. So I would imagine that there would be people that would actually do that. And a good example that comes to mind is John Wilkes Booth, who killed Abraham Lincoln. That delusional creature really thought that if he killed Abraham Lincoln, he would become a hero. And so he didn't really hide the fact that it was him that killed Abraham Lincoln. There was no stealth. He thought that he would leave the movie house and people would take pity on him and rally to his side and he would become a hero. And that's honestly what he thought. Now, did he come up with the plan to kill Lincoln by himself? Well, the world will never know if that's the case. But we had a delusional guy that was willing to risk his life for fame. But he really didn't think he was risking his life. He thought that he was going to be congratulated. And he died a very ugly, lonely, painful death. And he was in disbelief that they could turn on him. That's what he thought. He thought that... Everyone should be congratulating him. So he didn't get it. The guy was so delusional that he didn't understand why everyone wanted to come out and kill him. And history may not repeat itself. It may do what Mark Twain said it does, and he said it rhymes. But there's probably another John Wilkes Booth out there. There's probably another Lee Harvey Oswald out there. There's probably a dozen Osama bin Ladens out there and different terrorists that would be willing to do anything. And right now, we have our own organized, quote-unquote, law enforcement from the city level on clear on through the feds that are out of control, like the FBI and the CIA. And they do false flags and color revolutions, and they have no soul. They don't care anything about anything. They really don't. And I'm sick and tired of hearing about how good the rank-and-file FBI and CIA people are. And it's just the leadership that's bad. Baloney. It's bad to the core. It's bad from the janitors on up. And I don't trust those people not to do something stupid or to pay someone to do something stupid. And I think history is going to really be hard on what happened on January 6th. Because you cannot float these lies that they've been doing for months and months and stand by every lie and then back that up with another lie. 
Because once it starts to tumble down, it'll tumble down. And it's going to be tumbling down sooner than later. And what I'm really concerned about is if we do go to war with Russia, I feel like we're going to go to war with China at the same time. And I also think that there's possibly going to be a civil war break out in almost all of the Western countries at the same time. So if that happens, it'll be total war like I've never heard about in history and it's never been seen before. And so that's what I've been prepping for. I'm prepping for keeping my head low, taking care of who I can and how I can, doing what I can to be of service, and trying to survive. And on the other side of the break, I will do my best to get into some off-grid topics. If you enjoy the Living Off-Grid Powered Information Show, I would ask that you consider donating to this show to help cover expenses because we don't get paid here. This is all done by donations. And we do not take anything online as far as PayPal or any of that because of all the censorship. Not that they have shut us off. It's just I'm not going to give them the opportunity. So we're going to do it the old-fashioned way by mail, check, money order, or if you want to put cash in a secure envelope, we would appreciate any donation, any size. Just send all your correspondence to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143. That's Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143, and your support is greatly appreciated. Welcome to part two of the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. This is your host, Jim Calhoun. And I'm very carefully doing this show today. And if I even move too much right now, I start coughing uncontrollably. So if you hear my voice, some struggles, well, I apologize for that. I want to thank everybody who has sent me an email and also a card. I really do appreciate that. It's your support, both financially and also just to say hi. That's what keeps me going. Because it's really hard sometimes doing these shows when you're out on the ranch and you're by yourself and you're just, you know, doing a show here to nobody and you're basically talking to a wall. It's good to know that there are listeners beyond this wall. And so I would really love to have. You just contact me, get a hold of me, and my email address is jim at offgridliving.faith, jim at offgridliving.faith, and just tell me you're listening. I'd appreciate that. Well, the last few shows I've been talking about food storage and things like that. Right now, I want to talk about fuel. I really do believe that since OPEC has decided to cut their production, And everything is so phony. It's absolutely fake. All the economic garbage, the inflation, it's all 
manufactured. And so there's nothing that props a market up or really brings it down. Not too much. It's all decided behind the scenes. And pardon the expression, but we're all just bent over. You know, they just do what they want to do. And so you're going to have to take some of these matters into your own hands. And so I highly recommend that if you use compressed gas as in propane, go ahead and get enough propane to last at least until next spring. Go ahead and do it now. I can assure you the price of propane is not going down any time between now and March or April. And if it does, it'll only go down a penny or two. But I really do believe that the possibility of propane even doubling in price could be in the cards. It all depends on what happens with the inept leadership of the world and how they shake that hornet's nest and whether someone does something stupid or not. And I don't think I would want to bank the future health and welfare of my family on some crackpot not doing something stupid. And so calculate how much propane you use. If you have to get an extra tank, I know it costs some money, and I know money's getting tight. But you might be able to go to an estate sale or or go out there and search in the weeds, and you might be able to find some good-sized propane tanks, like 500-gallon tanks, or even a 250-gallon tank, or 150-gallon or tank will help. But if you can have a couple of tanks full and have them in reserve, I think that if you do that and spend the money, I think that you'll grumble about it. But I think that Later on, when the prices go way up or propane is not available at all, you'll be so thankful that you did this that I'm going to go ahead and recommend it. Now, normally I'm a tightwad and I don't spend a dime more than what I feel needs to be spent. But I also know that if you can buy propane at here, it's $3.90 a gallon, which I think is outrageous. But what if it goes to $4.90 a gallon, and you have a 500-gallon tank. Well, if you don't have to buy it at $5.90, you've saved yourself 500 bucks just by filling it up. So it might cost you a lot of money to fill that 500-gallon tank up, and it will cost you a lot of money, more than what you want to spend, for sure. But the savings, you might save $500, and if it goes up more than that, if it goes up $2 a gallon, then you've saved yourself $1,000, and you still have the product. And so please consider that. And now, when you're looking at the bottled propane, like use at a propane grill, or, you know, the, the size that are kind of like a five-gallon size, I use quite a few of those. I use those with my shop heater, and I have a space heater. I have a spare burner and tank heaters and things like that, and also barbecue. And so I've decided that I'm going to have extra of those. And so I'm going to end up with 10 of them. I have seven right now, but I'm going to have 10 of those full. And 10 of those full will likely get me through most of the winter, if not the whole winter. 
but I really think that it would be money well spent for me to go ahead and get as many as I can. And if nothing else, that doesn't go bad. If it sits for two or three years and I don't use it, I don't see the price of propane coming down. I just really don't. Now, if you have natural gas and that's how you heat and also cook, well, you're at the mercy of a gas company at that point. And I see that in the UK, they're astronomically have increased their price. Of course, all of Europe is in massive trouble because of their own stupidity of sanctioning Russia for invading Ukraine. But just to be bluntly honest, the CIA and MI6 and other NATO countries with their intelligence, quote-unquote, and their agencies that are like that, they invaded the Ukraine in 2014 and helped overthrow the legitimate government of Ukraine. And so to say that Russia is now meddling in Ukraine's business, Russia is trying to set it right. Now, I'm no fan of Russia. I don't think that it's a good thing at all. But I also know that I'm going to call it as I see it. And Russia would not be in Ukraine at all if the CIA and MI6 stayed out of Ukraine. That's just the way I see it. And so you kind of just take that as you want to take it. But it does seem to me that Europe has shot themselves in the foot. And it seems to me that we are partly to blame for that as far as the United States government, not we the people, but the unelected illegitimate government that now occupies Washington, D.C. I think that they have a lot to do with the problems in the world. And then you can look at the Republicans and all these people that are so-called good guys doing nothing. And they're voting to send our blood and treasure over to Ukraine. And so you have people that you think are solid, quote-unquote, conservatives, and they're spending money like, well, it would be an insult to a drunken sailor to say they spend like drunken sailors, because there's not any amount of drunken sailors that in the world, I think, that could spend the kind of money that the United States Congress spends on a daily basis. And just a quick mention, our national debt now is over $31 trillion, and no one's talking about it. No one's complaining. There's nobody in this election year saying, we have to get our budget deficit down. We have to pay that $31 trillion down for our sake of our nation, for the future of our country. They don't care anything about the future of this country. As a matter of fact, it looks like almost every leader in the world, in almost all the government bodies, are acting like the world is supposed to end right now anyway, so we might as well eat, drink, and be merry, because tomorrow we're going to die. So let's just go ahead and take what money we can, and let's spend it how we want to spend it. Let's do what we want to do. And... They don't care anything about the next generation coming up. Right now, we have the most evil, spiteful, horrible generation of politicians in the world. All of them. In every, in every country, as far as I'm concerned. Really, really selfish right now. And there's no vision. There's no real hope for the future with the way they're 
trying to push world events right now. Where again, that's getting back to the fuel. I really think that you need to have your fuel because of these idiots. And if you do not heat with wood, please consider getting some way that you can heat with wood. Whether it be a small little fireplace type of a thing that you can insert into a wall or something that you could put into, let's say, a spare room or a garage or even if you take an outbuilding and have the ability to heat an outside outbuilding. Because if you lose total gas as far as your natural gas and you have no way to heat your house and you have no way to cook your food and it's January and it's 20 below zero, you're going to be so thankful that the shed out back of the house, it might be 10 feet by 12 feet, but you'd be nice and snug and warm in there. And you could possibly buy, you could get yourself a little wood-burning stove or even make one. There's lots of plans on the internet and also at public libraries. And you could also go to your local welders and ask one of the local welders to make you a barrel stove out of like a 35-gallon barrel. They're easy to make. And so there are ways, as long as you adhere to code and you are safe. I'm not saying to cobble up a bunch of junk and put it in your house. But if you follow the code and follow the rules and everything is built as it should and it's all airtight and safe and you're using fire retardant flooring underneath your stove and everything you need to do to ensure that your house is safe from fire and also safe from having smoke inhalation problems. Make sure everything is safe as far as ventilation and there's no backdraft into your house. And there's a lot of things to consider. But if you do it right, and it's not hard to do it right, you just have to know what right is and find out what your local codes are and and uh, talk to people that have homemade stoves or the ones that are store-bought. Just make sure you don't go out and buy a store-bought stove that has to be fan-forced, like a corn stove or a pellet stove. You're going to have some issues with that. I'm talking about just a good old-fashioned throw-a-log-in-the-fire type of a fireplace or the type of a freestanding stove. There's so many different models and different ways to do this. But I really think you need to have one place, whether it be a spare bedroom, maybe a small part of your house, maybe your garage, maybe an outbuilding, that you can heat with wood. And I think you should have enough wood to last until spring. And so ask yourself, when's the time that you normally turn off the heating elements of your heater and go without putting any heat in your house. Now, where I live, sometimes it's early May. Sometimes it's mid-April. But anywhere between, I would say, the second week of April and the second week of May, in that 30-day period, is when it starts warming up enough that you don't need to run any kind of a heat 
And so in my case, I would make sure I have wood enough to last until at least the middle of May. And so what you do is you calculate using it. And if you don't know how much wood you will use, go find people that do heat with wood. And there are very nice people out there that will know what you're doing as far as what kind of wood you're burning. And everything matters. If you're burning really light wood that's got rot in it or something that's like as light as balsa wood, you're going to go through wood like mad. But if you have some really dense wood like oak and things like that, it's going to have much longer burn. It won't give quite as much heat out because it'll burn slower. And it seems like the faster it burns, the more heat it'll give out, but it'll be a flash heat and and then your heat's gone. And so you need to have a nice balance. And so you need to train yourself on that too. And so you're not going to wake up one morning and say, oh, I guess I don't have any gas to heat with, so I guess I'm going to heat with wood today. That's just not going to happen. It might, but you're not going to be happy with it because you have to do your research and try to get that learning curve out of the way before you even light your first match. And so if you have to spend an afternoon with somebody that heats their house with wood, so be it. Go spend an afternoon with them. And if you can't find anybody, there's resources all around through the internet and also libraries and so forth. You will be able to find everything you need to know. And then you can also talk to installers. If you have the money and you can buy a really nice stove and have it professionally installed, That's the way to go. You'll always be happy with that. You'll have a warranty. You'll have a person that you can call that can come fix any problem. And with me, financially, I have to do uh, everything myself. So I don't have that luxury of calling people up and saying, hey, come out here and install. I have to figure it out and do it myself. And I think it's a good thing for me, but it's not for everybody. And so please consider getting one area that you can heat with alternative heat. And if you don't want to heat with wood, at least get one room that's easy to heat with body heat, if nothing else. If you have a room, and I'm just going to throw out some numbers. If you have a room that's 12 by 12, and you would pitch a tent inside that 12 by 12 room, and all of a sudden, it becomes more like a 8 by 4 room because you have the walls of the tent that are bringing the room smaller. I know this is going to sound silly, but it's how the Indians survived the harsh winters in their teepees. They would bring their animals in the teepees. And with the animal heat, they were just fine. And so if you have a couple of dogs, a couple of cats, put them in the tent with you. With two people or three people in the tent with a dog or two, you'd be just fine. It could be below zero outside and your inside your tent's going to be 45 to 60 degrees. And if you live alone, this is going to sound this might sound a little crazy. But if you're really concerned about losing your power, and you're concerned about the gas going out, go to an animal shelter and rescue a couple of medium to large-sized dogs. I'd have to say that 
a large collie or or something like a Great Pyrenees throw out quite a bit of heat. But also those little pit bulls, they throw out heat too. And if you have some dogs or cats that are snuggling with you, and you have a sleeping bag, and you have a small room, and you have reduced the size of that room, you've done more than survive. You can thrive in that environment. Now, you might say, I hate animals. I don't want to have the mess. I don't want to have the problem. I don't want to. Of course you don't. I'm not talking about living the royal life here. I'm talking about survival. And so I think we need to look at this winter and really ask ourselves, what if we have no gas? What if we have no electricity? What next? And so right now, please start thinking outside the box. Well, I hope someone got something from this episode today. And again, I apologize for my delivery is kind of strange today. I do understand that. I'd love to hear from you, so send me an email at jim at offgridliving.faith. And if you would please consider supporting this effort that I have by sending in a donation, and you could send a check or money order or cash, you would write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media, Thunderbolt West Media, and you would mail to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, Hershey, Nebraska, and the zip code is 69143. And again, I really appreciate each and every one of you taking your time today to stop in and listen to the show. I do appreciate it. And so until next time, everyone, please consider my words today. Be ready for any kind of health emergency that might come your way during a time when I would have to say the medical profession is iffy right now. And so get all your ducks in order. Get all your ducks in a row and be ready for things that may happen this winter. Really consider the different methods of heating your home and get supplied. Stock up. Stay safe. Keep your powder dry. Keep informed. But most of all, replace fear with faith. This is Jim Calhoun with the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. The song Step Out on the Sea is performed by Brit Small and Festival. Thank you for listening to Thunderbolt West Media.